Hey girl, I just wanna let you girls know that I'm a real messy bitch Messy bitch who lives for drama This is Little Big Lies, just two messy bitches who live for the drama. I'm Brittany Pierre. And I'm Jasmine. Just Jasmine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Brittany, I'm going to ask you about some everyday scams that people fall for. And you can tell me if you or anyone you know have fallen for these scams. Sure. All right. Here's the first one. Ticketmaster. I mean, I've used Ticketmaster a bunch. Um, And they always give you that email that's like, sorry, we scammed you a few times ago. So now we have this voucher. $1.99 that you can only use one (laughs) at a time. Right. And it's always concerts you don't want to go to. Mm -hmm. Except I did get um, some cheap concert tickets to see Charlie Poof. And that was a great concert. All right. (laughs) <laughs> you got retweeted by Charlie Puth recently, didn't you? I did, and he responded to me. He said I, I had do. a great ear. You do have a great ear. <laughs> I don't <have> to know. <laughs> All right, next everyday scam, paying for cable and watching ads. Um, my sister pays for the cable, and I, do, I don't watch ads. Well, I guess... I hate ads, that. period. Yeah, the original idea for cable remember like back in the day there were no ads on cable oh i didn't remember that i didn't have cable for a very long time growing up okay well back (laughs) in the day when there weren't like 500 cable channels uh that was the whole point of cable was no commercials because you're paying anyways but now everything's that's a scam Um, okay next scam is when someone says to you if you tell me the truth i won't get mad (laughs) Ooh, have anyone said that? Probably, ha- I probably have said that to someone. <laughs> you scared someone with it. I'm sure I am like, yeah, if you tell me the truth, I won't get mad. But you know I'm going to get mad. I mean, <laughs> that's exactly why I'm making the deal. Right. <laughs> All right. What else? Uh, mascara commercials. Yeah, I definitely, when I was a teenager, thinking, oh, my God, my eyelashes are going to look like full and bold. And they never do because... It's false advertising. Yeah. And then the last and biggest scam of all, college textbooks. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. And then when you return them, you get it for like 20 bucks, even though you paid $150 for the book. Mm-hmm. And the professor that wrote a book that was like, you have to buy my book mm-hmm. for this class. The biggest scam of all, college <laughs> textbooks. It's like, yeah, you buy this book for $150. We will give you $10 if you're lucky when you return it next year. And then we will resell it to those kids who use book for $80. Right. Uh, college in general is a fucking scam. College is a big scam. Especially but, nowadays. Like, I can't ima- imagine being right now, being like graduating from college, you know, maybe getting a graduation you know, gift and spending it on going to fire festival or something like that. <laughs> yeah. There's totally a bunch of kids that did that. So we're going to talk about the fire festival. Yes. So for our first episode of little big lives, we will be bis- discussing the most talked about scan fire festival. Um, the last two weeks we revisit the iconic yet chaotic fail music festival fire 
after Hulu and Netflix released documentaries based on Billy McFarlane and the disaster that went down planning and executing the event. For those who are unaware of this pop culture moment, a little backstory before we dive into both documentaries. Fire Festival was supposed to be the most glamorous and epic music festival held in the Bahamas, which was supposed to take place in April 2017. However, it turned into Lord of the Flies for Trust Fund Kids with no Instagram models, which they were promised, and just Ja Rule. So let's talk about this horror story and get into both of these documentaries. If you had thousands of dollars to go on a trip to see Blink-182, that's on you. That is Darwinism at its finest. <laughs> the biggest event in a decade, I promise you. I'll be there. Okay, so it starts out originally that Netflix, everyone knew that Netflix was going to drop a documentary in the middle of January, and then just three or four days beforehand, Hulu dropped their own documentary. Right. The Netflix documentary, as most people know, is produced by the Fuck Jerry guys, which are Instagram at Fuck Jerry. Um, they're actually a media company now, as you learn in both documentaries, especially the Hulu one. And they were responsible for the social media of Fire Festival. So they produced... The Netflix one, and then one of the rogue guys from Fuck Jerry, a guy named Oren, he is in the Hulu documentary. Yeah, talking about all their input that they put behind um, the Fire Festival. And that um, Hulu paid around one hundred and twenty-five dollars to $250,000 to appear in the documentary to be interviewed, which is... Yeah, a lot of people didn't yeah. like it sours everyone's opinion on the documentary when you pay a big scammer a chunk of money to talk about their scam. I mean, in general, even in like, you know, a lot of people aren't allowed to profit from their crime. So I wonder, I mean, he'll probably lose that money somehow. So that's our, I guess, our only comfort Yeah, in it. Um. I liked how it started. Um, this one quote um, in the Hulu one was, when an opportunity presents itself to get out of your parents' basements and be a part of something culturally relevant, you're absolutely jump onto it. And that was like one of the influencers that was interviewed in the documentary about it, that he saw the Instagram post that was promoting it and immediately wanted to be a part of it. and. Um, the Hulu one that's what makes that one different from Netflix is they they heavily look at how um, Fire use Instagram and the influencers to promote this festival. And basically, that's all they put their effort into, I feel like, um, to make this festival happen. And we live in this culture where Instagram is basically influencing everything that we do. And a lot of people look at people on Instagram and be like, I want to do that. I want to travel. I want to be a part of that music festival. I'm going to go to Coachella because I want my Instagram feed to be popping. And they pretty much scammed a whole bunch of people into going to this festival that wasn't even planned. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know how many people, I mean, I guess a lot of people went from the East Coast, but in the West Coast, there's not a lot of basements. So I don't know how many people are like living this whole narrative of all these like guys living in their basements. But it seemed like most of the people that went there probably had like decent jobs or at least like some money. Yeah, I do remember someone saying that they quit their job just so they could attend fire festival. So I'm assuming they had enough money to pay at least $250,000 to attend this. And look from what I read or from part of the documentary, it seemed like what happened was when they originally released the tickets, most people paid, including airfare, which I didn't realize. That's why they all were on that like weird plane like seven old seven sixty seven or something that that one girl was like we're on luxury our private jet um in one of the documentaries but so most people actually paid under two thousand dollars so i'm thinking actually is if i think that's like 50 to 80 percent of the people did i think most of the bigger the bigger packages came on later when they were desperate for money so they were able to these crazy packages with like deposits and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know how m- m- a lot of people, I mean, I wonder, I'm kind of looking for all the documents for, I was looking for the documents earlier to see, uh, for lawsuit to see how much like money they actually ended up getting, but I couldn't find any yet. Remember we were talking about earlier how you're wondering why you didn't get targeted with Fire Fest. And I think yeah. that like, I think it was targeted like bro, t- I don't know. Maybe I'm reaching, but I think it was targeted more to like East Coast people because it's easier to get to the Bahamas. Bahamas from, you know, the East Coast then. But the funny thing is that a lot of what I did notice was that a lot of black people on my Instagram, on my Twitter feed were all like, I never even heard this festival was even happening um, until the scandal happened. And so I'm wondering if they just, the demographic was specifically targeted for millennials who happen to be white, um, who might have a certain type of money. I don't know if they're able to figure that out via Instagram, but, and then also the people who follow Kendall and Kendall Jenner and Bella Hadid, um, Mm -hmm. because I never saw any of those Instagram posts for the festival, even though they I, mean, I, I don't follow them, but they show up in my explore feed. And I just don't remember at the time really hearing anything about it. I mean, I was shocked when in the documentary, they I think it was a Hulu documentary where they talked about how the hype was so big in the entertainment industry that like a lot of people were trying to like talking about pulling out of Coachella right, and going to Firefest because the hype was so big. And like, I'm, you know, I'm not like super connected to the entertainment industry, but like same thing with me. I'm like, I not the dem. I'm like, I'm, we're not probably the demographic um, of Firefest. Like, it seemed like a lot of people were like white bros from the East Coast. Yeah. So, and like, in, most of the influencers that went are not my type of influencers. Like, besides maybe like the models who are just like famous on Instagram, mm-hmm. like Bella Hadid and Kendall, they all have just like you know, 50 million to 100 million people following them. So they're just Instagram people in general. Just, um, but the rest of them, like the, the, like the the British model, or I think she's a like a beauty blogger. Like I don't, I've never heard of her. She's not in I've my I've never heard of any of these people that were in the interviews. 
Yeah. Um, but it was interesting to see. But it was also interesting to know that like Billy has been scamming people since he was in kindergarten. <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> like he was he was discussing how um he would tell someone in his class, like, hey, you ran out of this color, I will trade you this crayon for a dollar. And it's just like you can just get another crayon without paying him the you know, for the crayon. And that he hacked into like some computer in elementary school as well. I don't believe that hacking story of the computer. <laughs> I, I honestly, I think it's just part of his legend to like give himself, you know, just make him seem like he's some little genius. I think he's just a coke bloated little boy who just like knows how to charm finesse. people yeah. and yeah, finesse people from some money and like promise them a dream. And he knows how to market or at least find the right marketing agency. Like he found fuck Jerry to like sell the dream. Right. Like they had all those videos, those footage for him, like on the jet ski with the models. And he looked like he was like in heaven. Yeah, he was. I, I honestly think he created this festival just so he could do the campaign to hang out with a tons of models. So they could look like he had like this luxury lifestyle that he had. And it kind of reminded me of Trump. I mean, Trump created this whole idea that he had this like amazing lifestyle and everyone should be like Trump. I mean, I remember from growing up in New York City and Trump was the person um, to be. He had to be at every event and he was always in page six. And I think that's kind of how Billy was kind of imagining himself in a 21st century kind of. And Trump yeah. is also a scammer. I mean, if you think about it. Yeah, we we have the uh we have the scammer in chief. Yes. So were there um, anything else that you remember from the Hulu um documentary that kind of um shocked you or that you remember from it? Um I hated the robot voice that was used for Billy's mom's voice in the yeah, beginning. That was weird. And then at at the towards the end, it was also used to announce his charges and sentencing. I really didn't like that. It was so creepy. And um, but really, the the Hulu one really focuses on how um, fuck Jerry and um, Billy and his company basically used Instagram and influencers to get people to um, participate in Fire, and then. You know, a lot of those people, like a lot of, well, overall, the reason, you know, so a lot of the people wonder why some of these people stayed in towards the very end. One guy, I don't know which documentary it was, I believe it was the Netflix, the guy that was going to do the yoga, oh, the, yeah. the one that was trying to stop it at one point. He said, like, they held it over his head that, like, there's, you know, he got paid 30, 70, which is like 30, like a deposit. And then 70% is like after the event. Mm-hmm. Like during like usually events, like stuff, everyone gets paid like the day of the event, except for performers. That's why I'm surprised like most of these performers didn't say anything when they didn't get paid like two weeks before the event. They just pulled out. Yeah, they just pulled out when they heard. And actually, do you know what's crazy? Fire was supposed to be two weekends. Yeah. I saw that later. I never realized. Of course, they, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the people who bought tickets for the second week were probably happy in a way 
not to experience that. Like I would have had a total freak out if I was stuck on that island. I'm not going to lie. I mean, obviously, a lot of people did. I would have had a. I would have spiraled. I would have walked back to the airport without car. I would have lost my mind. Um, okay, so the money thing was, yeah, so part of that is, you know, because it was so big, I think a lot of people, it's just all smoke and mirrors. Like, they had the marketing campaign, so they made themselves look really flashy. Like, a lot of companies get away with scans by having a flashy website, or like, flashy marketing, and if you look rich, and if you have a lot of money, you know, you can make people think that, you know, you're successful. Same like people who like, you know, rent a Mercedes for a scam, like a Dirty John situation. Um, yeah, a lot of it was they, you know, they would just, he would, he would just pay one money to one person and then come up with another scam, like upping, you know, each time, you know, turning the tents into villas, turning the villas into houses, turning the houses into like mega complexes. Each time it was like, you know, getting from one hand to pay the other. That's the same scam that did towards the last few days where they sent everyone that email saying, you know, load up to $3,000 on this, you know, on this, uh, on this bracelet, like RFID bracelet, or else like you won't have access to anything on the Island. And, you know, they made almost a million dollars from that alone. So it was just overall, like every week he was just running like another mini scam just to make it to the following week. Yeah. And he just kept running out of money um, to fund everything. And um, they, they only had six months to plan this event and it was supposed to be bugalos, um, obviously stages for um, the concert. Um, They didn't even have an island. For a very long time, they promised the um, Escobar Island. Was he even? Was that even his island? No, it was. It was actually, you know, the guy from the movie Blow, George. I can't remember his last name right now, but remember the Johnny Depp played that movie. Yeah. So it's that guy from that movie, the the real guy. That was his island, and he actually made a deal with them. He's like, you can use. He didn't buy the island. Like he lied to everyone said he bought this island, which he couldn't because one, he had no money. And two, he wasn't allowed to stay Pablo Escobar because the people are trying to move away from, you know, Pablo Escobar. So they said, you, you know, you can, you know, you've leased the island, but don't say Pablo Escobar. Like they literally shook hands on it. He turned around and put it in the, you know, to sell the, the, uh, the pipe dream to the average American loser and then lost the island. So they ended up at that uh, Sandals parking lot with, my favorite is I was telling a friend that, you know, those cliffs, like those weird ass cliffs. I'm like someone, thankfully no one stayed at fire festival because I feel like someone would have got drunk and like fell down and died. Yeah. I remember all they had was liquor. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very possible that someone could have gotten injured or got killed um, while they were on this Island. Or, yeah. Did you see how like that weird cliffs and then it went into water? It was such right. a weird space. And like, they kept promoting the whole feeding pigs thing, which I didn't get. I'm like, what's so exciting about feeding pigs? I mean, I haven't been, I've been to the, I've been to the U.S. Virgin Islands, uh, been to like uh, St. Croix and I fed pigs there. I don't know why. I think it's a big thing in the Caribbean to feed pigs. So I don't know why. I wouldn't even want drunk people around those pigs. I know. It seems kind of rude. The the, the 
Bless the pigs for not being able to experience that. <laughs> Let's get into the Netflix one that was produced by Fuck Jerry that we realized they had more hands in the pot than they had explained in the Netflix one. <laughs> I will say, so Kendall, so we learned from this one that Kendall got $250,000 for her one Instagram post. Yes, where she promised that, I guess, Kanye West was supposed to be performing. Was it Kanye West or? Yes, Kanye West. Oh, wow. So the whole family. So getting the whole Kardashian, <laughs> Jenner, West family involved in fire. Yeah. Only Ja Rule. Which Ja Rule actually wasn't at Firefest. He was apparently in Chicago during the time. Oh, so he wasn't supposed to be there? I thought he was. He Well, I mean. He didn't show up. Like he was at Chicago. Like he ended. Up fl- I don't know if he ended up flying in, but he was like doing his own thing. He wasn't even at Firefest, which was crazy. Wow! But he just gave so, his name to yeah, it. Yeah, so they didn't even get Ja Rule at this festival, so they got nothing. They just yeah. got tents, relief, you know, tents and liquor. Ja probably was in Chicago because probably that gig paid him. Like, <laughs> Unlike the fire festival. Yeah, he was like, uh, I gave them my name, but like they don't have no cash. So I'm going to like go do a real gig in Chicago. Um, the thing I, that I thought was interesting was that we did learn more that Ja Rule was more involved in fire festival than we had earlier found out. We thought he was just like a performer and like kind of co headlining it in a way. But, um, his hand was in it a lot more than we had been. We were um, had been reported, but um, that he was basically trying to like get rich quickly by like not doing anything. Yeah, I felt like he was trying to be like he wanted to be Jay Z without the work, so he would latch on to these really rich people. Well, you know, supposedly rich people. Fake, yeah, fake and, rich um, Have his name on it just so he could have like this really great come up, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. He just hitches his, uh, hitches his horse to the wrong wagon time after time. And then after this, he still is like working with another, you know, fake rich guy who's scamming other people. And it's just like, John rule, like just like go on tour and make money that way. Let's go back to Chicago, what you were doing during the fire fest to that gig where it pays. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I will say about Jaw, I didn't like it. Like he was obviously like taken care of well when they went to the Caribbean for that marketing trip. It seemed like everything was for that marketing trip, but I really didn't like when he like yelled at the girls at that one point or like all the models at night when he's like, Yeah, let's like throw in the water and stuff like that. And then the little twerp marketing guy, Grant. There was only 25 who was like their chief marketing officer was yelling about the girl, which you could really call the talent. Um, if you're like really into marketing, um, you call them the talent and complaining how they didn't like weren't tagging Firefest and weren't, you know what I mean? Like they didn't even, they, this is like little kids playing with money. Like they're just excited to go on a trip with these models and like, they knew the model's going to do whatever because they paid the model's day rate. And it's just, ugh. Yeah, it made me really uncomfortable watching the way Ja Rule was talking to um, the model saying, like, jump into the pool, 
for the money shot. And they're all like, no, I don't want to. They all look like they didn't want to be there. Yeah, it was creepy. It was like, I, I thought they were just like hanging out to be polite, like a bonfire. And like, you know, they just reminded me of those guys like in college to like deal a little bit of weed or, or like ecstasy. And then they get invited to parties. And then after a while they think like they're really friends with everyone, but people just invite them. Right. To have right. Stuff. And same thing <laughs> with like Billy and Jot that point, like I think afterwards, like the models were shooting, like they were working, like right. doing whatever. And it was like fun for them. And I'm sure the models was like fun for them at some point, except for like, I'm sure they have like beautiful friends and families they could hang out with if they really want to go on vacation, you know, but these guys, like, I don't know, it was something really, really odd. And yeah, so. And then um, Andy, who has become, um, a national meme and taking one for the team. A gay icon, a straight yeah. icon. <laughs> yeah. He admitted on the documentary how Billy told him that they needed water to be released from, yeah, from customs um, so they could have water for the concert goers. And um, he had a, they didn't have the money to give to customs. So, Billy told Andy that he needed to suck dick to make this happen. If you will go down and suck Cunningham's dick, who's the head of customs, and get him to clear all of the containers with water, you will save this festival. And I literally drove home, took a shower. I, I, I drank some mouthwash. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm really, and I got into my car to drive across the island to take one for the team. And I got to his office fully prepared to suck his dick. But he couldn't have been nicer. And he's like, Andy, listen, I will release all the water. I will let you serve it. But I want to be, want to be one of the first people to be paid this import fee for what you're doing. And I said, OK, great. And I got back and I had all the water that we needed. <laughs> Can you imagine in my 30 years of a career that this is what I was going to do. I was going to do that, honestly, to save the festival. And Andy was fully prepared to suck his dick. The bitch gargled. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> he he mouthwashed and everything. I mean, to be honest, I have never been that kind to any guy before and be like, you know what? I should mouthwash before I make this happen. I can't believe after Billy pimped him out. And I don't know what, like why he had to like, why the gay guy had to do it. Like if he wanted, (laughs) if he really wanted that water, like Billy should have gone himself and done it. Like it doesn't matter, you know, but um, yeah, that was just wild. I can't believe that Andy, after being pimped out, is was still like, you know, in the documentary, he was like, poor Billy. Yeah, I hope he doesn't go to jail for this. They're like, fuck that. Like, he wanted you to suck dick for his his shitty dream. Yeah, but he like still believes in Billy. Like, that's why I'm a little like, Andy, come on. Like, there's something wrong with Andy, maybe. Yeah. Um, Andy, uh, Netflix had a little interview with him that was posted today. I don't know if you saw it. And he, one, admitted that he doesn't use social media. And I'm just like, how was he a part of this project and knows nothing about social media? He also didn't know what memes were. Um, he was like, what's a meme And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Seriously? Um, 
So he just found out recently that he became a meme and he said like, he's just happy about like, it's become like something of, for friendship and that he's hoping that he can make money for, you know, the Islanders that got gypped out of this whole process. But still it seemed like he wasn't ashamed by what he did or yeah. said. I would have asked them to cut that out. <laughs> I don't want anyone to know that about me. Yeah, it was the juiciest reveal. You know what I mean? It was like the, you know, it was. Definitely when I was watching, I was like, hold up. Did I just hear this correctly? Because this sounds wild. Yeah, they had to include it. I mean, it was part of it. It's a thing that happened, like, whatever. I don't know if, like, the the customs guy is going to be pissed off that they said (laughs) that. Because, like... (laughs) Like, I know. Um, what makes him think that the custom guy is going to allow some other guy to go down on him? And that he will be okay with, like, not getting money because he got a blowjob. Like, that's just thinking very, you know, not highly of the customs guy. Just Yeah. Saying. I think the biggest, and yeah, and the biggest pain point of, like, the whole, all both documentaries for me is, like, all the Islanders that they exploited. Like, I felt like they showed it more in the Netflix documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the woman that owned the restaurant who had to pay out and her husband had to pay out 50,000 from their savings right. just to pay out like all the debts from like the food that they fed all the workers and all the people from fire, all the people from Firefest plus, you know, all the, everyone, you know, she had to pay her debts, but you know, Andy rolled out of there and yeah, uh, hard and you know, took someone else's clothes and got out of there. So did Billy. They all rolled out of there, but you know, she lives there and that's her livelihood and those are her people. Right. So I they, mean, they went on to an impoverished country and used them for this lavish dream that they had. They didn't provide any of the things that they had promised. I mean, obviously tourism would have been really great for them, but so many of them worked extra hours to make this shitty festival happen that didn't even happen, basically. Um, and they don't have any money. No one has money on the Bahamas. I mean, most islanders are not um, wealthy, and it's overpriced living on those countries, on those islands. So I felt really bad for all the islanders that put up their their time and effort into this pipe dream only to get nothing in return. Yeah, not only nothing, but yeah, they didn't get paid. They were overworked for, they said, you know, the documentary towards the end, they were working 24 hours nonstop to get this stupid, you know, scam while, you know, Billy and all them are living it up wherever on a private plane. All these people, you know, breaking their backs. And then you have all these kids from America coming on this island who just want to have like a really fun weekend and they're bitching and moaning like I didn't get the you know you know uh living situation that I was promised and gets ensues the company and gets like fifty thousand dollars when it could have gone to this island instead it's going to someone that has a job has money has a place to live and all this other crap it just really pissed me off of how uneven it was. It was there's no yeah. equality for the people who are on the island who worked for this. 
Yeah, they definitely targeted, you know, there's no retribution for the people in the Caribbean. Thankfully, someone put up a GoFundMe to um, try to pay back the woman uh, who owns the restaurant and all the other people involved. I think it's made over 150000 now. I think they were trying to get like 70000 And then um, apparently Fuck Jerry paid, spent 30000 into it. Originally, they put 20000 and someone called them out on it. So they should have put more money into it. They really should have, but they you know, claim, they donated something. They claim that they were supposed to get paid like a lot of money from fire, but in the end, they only got paid thirty thousand in total. Apparently, they were supposed to be paid like a hundred, over a hundred thousand um, dollars. But yeah, you know, and the people and the people who went to Firefest, let's say it's like me, Joe Schmo, in New Jersey, who spent three thousand dollars in a ticket. You know, he can char- do a chargeback on his credit card. Mm-hmm. And get that really easily. So, I mean, I feel bad for the people who were like scam. Like, you know, they did spend their money, whether, you know, some of them do work for it, some of them not trust fund kids. You know, some people are like, you know, they do destination things. Like, some people go on crazy vacations, like they save up for like three years and they'll go on like some crazy, like $10,000 cruise in the Mediterranean or, you know, go $5,000 for like a crazy music festival. You know, some people do that for Coachella and other stuff. So it's not that like out of the realm. Like, of course, most people don't have, you know, 50,000 to spend on a weekend like that. But, you know, it was a lot of probably average people. But, you know, unlike the, you know, the people in the Bahamas, they had, you know, they had recourse here in the U.S. to sue like the one guy for $5 million. Good luck if he's going to be able to get it. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, oh, yeah. And then Billy and his girlfriend, do you think she knows where the money is? Uh, it's probably in her savings. <laughs> Poor thing. She looked like Yolanda. Yolanda was like Yolanda from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And she was 20 years younger. This is Yolanda. Oh, hey. and one other thing that I thought was insane was that the kid was boostful about the fact that he um, was slashing like all the tents and being on mattresses. Yeah. I'm like, First off, there was barely, and there was just enough of tents for everyone, and it was a shitty accommodations for everyone on this island. They were relief fund um, tents and beds that were soaked because it rained a day before that they had um, come into the island, and so, and he was just so happy about it, like it was a cool thing. I know he's proud of it. It was like that's so gross, like in the. In times like that, you think you could get together in like the spirit of like, you know, brotherhood and sisterhood and just like come together and like, you know, been in situations like I've been in earthquakes and like not like my, you know, maybe not like your neighbors, but you go and check in on them and like, you know, you bond together in like situations. But this guy was all like, yeah, we slashed tents and my friend like pissed on some mattresses because we didn't want anyone to sleep near us and it was like uh you're all in this together dude (laughs) and there's not much space in general i mean granted i know everybody wants their space but you really don't have much of an option here you just do your best and try not to be a horrible person that guy failed yeah and he probably got a bunch of money out of a lawsuit for it too (laughs) my favorite favorite guy in that was uh the swiss pilot Oh, yeah. He learned from, like, the Microsoft Microsoft simulator. I like that 
Remember, like, he was the only smart one. Like, he was actually trying to figure out stuff. And then uh, him and his wife actually stayed on the beach overnight because no one ever did. Yeah. It was possible. And they said it was way too humid and, like, way too loud, unpleasant. Like, you'd have to have air conditioners. There was a lot of mosquitoes. Mosquitoes, yeah. It's like people don't camp in the Caribbean. It's not like... (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like... So, yeah, I mean, he told them to get yachts for them to. Yeah, it was a smart idea. That one girl, that one British influencer girl, she was like on the boat and she was like, I'm not getting off the boat to like, you know, there's functioning toilets on here. I'm not getting off until like, you know. Yeah, that's another thing. They didn't have restrooms for. Disgusting. So it was just really poorly organized. And I mean, if it had worked out, it would have been a really amazing music festival. Yeah. But I mean, even if like, honestly, even if the accommodations had worked out, I think their money problems with the bands would have been bad because I'm surprised a lot of those bands didn't. I've worked in the music industry a little bit. And like, usually when it comes to stuff like that, those bands get paid like partially in advance. Like you get a deposit or something in escrow, you know, like these bands are promised like anywhere from, you know, a hundred thousand to like half a million to perform. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and they've got to pay for like plane tickets for crew. We got to ship all their equipment. It's not like shipping equipment from like LA to Las Vegas. It's shipping to the, you know, the Bahamas. Right. You know, it's a whole ordeal. So I think, you know, no matter what, it was going to be a a house of cards. And I'm surprised that Billy only got six years in prison. Yeah, I definitely, he should at least have 20 years in there, but he'll he'll be out three years and do custom, you know, community service yeah he'll be running some more scams if he's not already running it from prison they did they said he was like teaching um prisoners how to make music and he doesn't even have a music background Uh, you don't need to (laughs) okay so what scams are we gonna run what have we learned (laughs) um so which one did you think was better so I mean, production-wise, I think the Netflix one was better. Obviously, it's I like both of them. They both give different viewpoints. And Netflix was, you know, had way better footage, obviously, because the Jerry Media guys were there and actually recording it for social media, and I believe recording it for a documentary when Fire was going to be a huge success and they were going to show off. Mm-hmm. But so they had a lot of good footage. They obviously had like good camera people. Um, you know, they were a lot more on the ground during what happened. So they could, you know, you got a lot more of the background story, the lead up to it, where the Hulu one, you know, kind of showed how the social media, you know, effect and, um, you know, kind of the other side of the Jerry media. Yeah. And I had a lot of journalists that was just speaking from outside experience and reporting it. Um, I also like the Netflix one. It just flowed better. I felt like um, Hulu wasn't edited very well. Um, uh, so I preferred the Netflix one just for that fact. Um, but I think they pretty much complement each other. Definitely. And then, um, so what else? And then lastly, um, 
do you know about someone that's like Billy? I mean, I've, I think I've known, I'm an elderly woman now in my late thirties. I've known a few people, not to the magnitude of Billy, but a few people with Billy like tendencies, um, you know, that just have fantastical stories about stuff that, you know, you know, are not necessarily like maybe true or completely true. And then if you follow up with them sometimes, but never to the magnitude of Billy, but I've known a few Billy-esque people. What about you? I don't know any Billy people. I guess I've gotten lucky with that. But all this showed me is that um, if you are white and have enthusiasm behind your idea, people will fund it. And that's really <laughs> fucked up. Billy McFarlane is an amazing entrepreneur. He can convince anyone of pretty much anything. Like, I'm sitting here like, I just want a regular job. And I am struggling to get that. And this guy just was like, oh, I'm going to make the Black American Express card for millennials. And basically, it's just a debit card. And people are going to fund it. And that was also a shitty scam that he had. And that he was, like, promising Hamilton tickets didn't have Hamilton tickets. It's just like, oh my God, like, I can't believe that people are funding shit like this and I can't barely get a job. Well, let's just start scamming. <laughs> I think that's the end. I think that's the, uh, our end game. We'll, you know, do this podcast, learn about all different types of scams, hoaxes, frauds, liars. And then we start formulating our own scams. Or we just call out people for their sure. Maybe we can use the scams for good. Turn the scams for justice. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm not good at outros, so Brittany's going to take it away. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Little Big Lies, and we'll hear from you next week. Yeah.